Greetings, podcast listeners. We are broadcasting from high atop of Mount Rushmore Monument. Oh, fuck. I fucked it up. You know why I messed it up? Because we're all so baked right now. I, too, am baked. (laughs) (laughs) Broadcasting to you from high atop a national monument in Mount Rushmore. I fucked it up again. Broadcasting live. Broadcasting from high atop a national monument. Broadcasting from high atop a national monument in Rapid City, South Dakota. It is the Mount Rushmore Podcast. Fuck yeah, it is. Hell yeah. I am Jeff, and with me as always, my good friends, Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. These guys are at odds with each other, sometimes evens, mostly odds, uh, on the top four of any given topic, and this week is the top four of... Marijuana. Who chose it? Jeff, you chose it. Who who are you? I'm your thoughts, bro. Uh Richard, Michael, and I are not the most Wait, 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 wait. Jeff, have you hit record? Oh, bro. Check real quick. record. Wait, what? This is exactly what happens. What's yeah. that blinking red eye looking at me? Those cops? It's, no Sar- it's, it's Sauron. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sauron. Uh, the Mount Rushmore of Marijuana, and I chose it. Um, marijuana was something that my parents did openly when I was a kid. It was part of my childhood, much more than it was, has been part of my adulthood. Uh, but it was around me because I was a product of hippies and lived around hippies. So it's something that I've always kind of had a fascination with in entertainment and in life and stuff like that. I will be honest in that I am a 10-year sober person and haven't had that stuff in a while, but I still want to talk about it and hear what you guys think about it. So uh, I'm going to say, which of you is more baked right now? Michael? All right. You go first. Uh, as someone who has never smoked any marijuana in Wait my life. Wait a second. Oh, you I, just I, feel like I'm, I feel like I am an authority oh. to speak on. Oh, you just eat it then? Uh, I've never eaten any marijuana. I've never smoked any. Oh, you just any. inject it? I, I, what I do is butt shove it up your butt. <laughs> I I am uh, I follow all the recipes on one of those cooking sh- those weed cooking the shows. Weed cooking shows. Maybe we should produce it down, put it into a butter. <laughs> da, da, da. None of that. I, I don't know. It's, you actually just follow the recipe, but leave out the pot. That's right. Get some good recipes that way. <laughs> oh, here are some snickerdoodles. Yay! <laughs> uh, so I'll go first, and I guess this is maybe maybe it shows to why. Um. Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, right defining on. pot culture for 30 years. Also one of my choices. Okay. Yeah. I have Cheech and Chong in general, but specifically uh, the, also talk about Up in Smoke. So The image of the doofus, overly stoned, pot smoking, not even, I mean, I. it's not a hippie, just like this 1970s guy in a van, overly stoned, baked out of his mind, Combine that with like Jeff Spicoli, combine that with Jay from Silent Bob and the Clerks yeah. thing, Otto from The Simpsons. They or, basically invented pot humor. What's his name? Jim Chichu. Brewer from Half Baked. Like this image, I think, had more of an outstanding, pardon the pun, baked in reference for me oh. of like, I don't like this person. I don't like the image that is there. They don't seem fun to be around. Maybe it's fun to be around if you are stoned. Yeah. I don't know. It is so uninteresting to me. And it feels like that particular type of stoner image has really 
put a dent into what we'll probably later talk about, like the importance of like medical marijuana or just marijuana in general as like, that has like the stigma of like, this is the person that smokes pot. And I don't know. It's just always, it's amazing how this particular image has just stuck around for so long. Let me ask you this, yeah. Michael. Are, do you like Cheech and Chong? I probably not. I probably, I don't care. I don't care. I'm so turned off by that type of humor or whatever that I just, it's just like, huh? Hmm. I don't know. It's just, to me, it's just fun, lowbrow humor. And what's the, you know, the saying, you got to be really smart to play somebody dumb. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's the same way with Cheech and Chong. Yeah. You know, they they couldn't be that stoned all the time and, and come up with the, any comedy of any importance. Uh, Neither of Abbott or Costello was, was smart. And Cheech and Chong are definitely in that milieu of uh, the two knuckleheads who uh, right. um, blunder through life. And I, I will say, I think your overall statement was, as depicted in entertainment, yes, uh, the general identity of the pothead character was not something that you found even funny. It was I, mostly just, just, just annoying. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that had more of an effect than like just the the Dare program did yeah. on me. It was just like I, I don't like whatever this is. And how it's portrayed in pop culture. So, like, I'm good with it. Yeah. I don't. I just. I just don't care. I, and and yeah. that's the thing is like, if I'm not into it, I don't care. It yeah. doesn't even cross my mind. Like, I've never had like an inkling to try pot. I've never been like, let's go. I want to do this. I don't ever. When I was a teenager, and I don't know. I know you hung out with some people who did like industrial music or whatever. Like, there was a straight edge culture. That oh, was yeah, very yeah, yeah. much anti, and I, I know punk had a real anti hippie type of mentality to it, even though they were they were doing substances. Hmm. Um, my dad used to say, I would hear him say to his friends, "Don't trust anybody who doesn't get high." Like I feel like Cheech and Chong and some of the uh, characters that could have come out of an Arkham comic or a Zap comic, right, were part of this culture, this counterculture that was very suspicious of straight normal society. And that he, unless you were participating in some of these substances, you were not to be trusted. So there, w- that's the world. That seems that like a justification thinking. for just hanging around with more people that want to get stoned all the time. That yeah, and easier access to having weed around. Yeah, if if you're only hanging around with people that do that <laughs> that smoke weed, there's going to be some left over for you, so you don't have to. Uh-huh. So Richard, what was your own. angle yeah. on Cheech and Chong? Did you have that same kind of... No, of no, I like Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I grew up with Cheech and Chong. My brother watched all of the Cheech and Chong movies. I had several Cheech the and Cheech Chong The Cheech and Chong albums. Dark Universe. Yes, the Cheech <laughs> and Chong Dark Universe. More like the Blunt Universe. Um, and I just, you know, it's lowbrow humor. It's dumb. I was watching some clips from Up in Smoke where they first meet each other. You know, they uh, think Tommy Chong pe- picks up Cheech hit- yeah, hitchhiking, hitchhiking or something, or maybe it's the other way around. Yeah. And uh, it's they're, they're smoking a blunt that's like the size of like a, if you took a diaper and rolled yeah. it up and put weed in there, it's yeah. basically what it looks like. And it's so ridiculous. And th- it's not a very good movie. No. Like, it's not well made on any level. Mm-hmm. But it's really, to me, it's still really funny. It has its precedent in, I think, the Hope Crosby road pictures. In yes. These two characters who we know are, we already know our comedy team, meet each other as strangers and then go on a road trip together to 
to do whatever they do. Yeah, it's it. basically a big, dumb road trip movie, but with pot instead of yeah. like martinis. And I think they end up at the Battle of the Bands and yes. it, as a punk band, which is kind of funny. Right, yeah. right. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, knowing, I think some of those, um, those were actually improvised, those... Believe it or not, <laughs> some of the humor. It's not here, man. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't remember the script, and it was improvised. That yeah. is very interesting. Yeah, Dave's not here, man. Was actually a. Uh, this is a conversation they recorded. Is that right? <laughs> um, okay, so Winfield, what's your second? Uh, my second choice is innovative bongs. Oh, sweet! Oh, nice. Uh, you know, it went from uh, rolling up a marijuana cigarette. Yeah. To I believe those are called joints. A, uh, gonna write or a J. Down. I'm going to write this down. Or a, a doobie. A joint. Yes. To, um, oh, you know what? Uh, I don't have any rolling paper, but there's an apple here. Yeah. <laughs> I will smoke this marijuana out of an apple or a soda can. Yeah. Or, you know what? I have a little bit more money. Uh, I'm going to get a blown glass bong. Yeah. What if I have a special one made just for me? <laughs> oh, what is this? Inversion gravity bong. <laughs> uh, it feels that at some point, people who have been smoking weed for a long time, they have to find new ways to be interested in this thing that basically just gets you high. Oh, okay. So the the method of delivery, maybe it's faster, smoother, better, just visually more interesting. I love that there is innovation within the bong world of how to get this stuff into yeah. you. And the... People like, um, oh, who's the guy from 40-Year-Old Version? And Seth Rogen. The Seth Rogans yeah. of the world, thank you. Who, yeah, he's some crazy hookah. Yes, who up. are so involved in the scene. And it's like, I've got to do this crazy thing. Like I, like I said, I have no experience yeah. with it. Do you want to get high faster? Is there a speed thing involved? Is it better for you? I don't know. But God bless the people that are continuously... Trying to innovate, innovate within this world. Yeah, we've got the Russians beat on on that at least, if nothing else. <laughs> they are they are smoking. USA. They're smoking USA. these inverted uh, hydraulic bongs on the moon as we speak. Of, of my substance consumption, I would say alcohol made up ninety nine point nine percent of it. But I will tell you, I tried every different type of alcohol and different ways of drinking it. Yeah, in a, a tiki thing or shooting it through a bong or standing you know. upside down as yeah. people funnel things into your mouth and use yeah. gra- inversion gravity there to get it to you faster. Yeah. I guess when it comes to the mellowing, um, the archetype of the pot user does not always um, lend one to believe that they are like Elon Musk, mm. who <laughs> has technology as his primary interest. So is that, is there a judgment No, no, I'm generally interested in, like, I think, sure, it's innovative. Like, if we are going to develop things, and, you know, uh, it's just science, comma, man. It's just technology. It's just a new way to, you know, what is, uh, uh, like, e-cigarettes and Juul and all that. That's just Mm -hmm. a new way to transfer things. Get tobacco into your system. Get tobacco and whatever. I'm... Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting that it has continued to develop in that way. That it's ultimately still just smoking this plant. Yeah. Okay, Ricardo. All right. So my second one is edibles, otherwise known, aka the only way I fly. All right. So I I uh, unlike the two of you, I am currently a 420 compliant person. 
Oh, so to speak. Um, and it actually started because I, and I've talked about this before. I have anxiety issues. Um, so I sort of in trying to figure out how I can help that. Now this isn't just edibles. This is medical marijuana. No, this is edibles. Okay. Does Richard know that everybody is out to get him? Mm-mm. Oh, oh yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, I'm, believe me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. Um, and so I kind of started thinking like, well, maybe marijuana could help with that. And we live in California, so I don't need to go get a medical marijuana card yeah. to be able to deal with, deal with it. So I went into a dispensary, and we'll talk about that experience later. And I just didn't feel like I got two kids. I don't want to be hiding joints and like smoking in the backyard, like with a. So you got a batch of brownies. So I got a. It just seems like it's. Like, your, your wife is a hell of a baker. <laughs> there we this go. does just feel like the right two, put method. Two, and two together. It just seemed a little tawdry. The tawdry, or like I'd have to go out in the backyard and like go do it. It's like I was a smoker for you know cigarette smoker for fifteen years or whatever, and I just got you know one of the things I just got sick of having to go outside every few hours. Yeah. It's just a pain in the ass. So for a variety of reasons, I decided to try edibles. And guys, they're pretty great. Oh, okay. They're really good. I mean, it's like a different high than smoking pot. And one of the other things I should point out, and this is kind of important. I tried pot maybe a handful of times in, high, in college and maybe a handful of times outside of college up until really a couple of months ago. And it did nothing for me. Oh, I apparently have a very high tolerance mm-hmm. for uh, for THC. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the people would be passing around a bong or a joint or whatever, and I'd, sure, why not? Take a hit. Nothing. Take several hits. Nothing. Wow. So I was like, well, let me just bypass this. And I guess one of the good things about edibles is you can pretty easily control how much you get. Because mm. if you get like a, a chocolate bar, that's what I usually do, and each little like... Square. Segment is square is five milligrams. If you know whatever, you can just do the math and kind of figure out and experiment a little bit and figure out what the right dosage for you. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I've done. So I've realized that with my high tolerance, I need about a third of a bar of the uh, infused chocolate to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works. It works for me. You know, I, I feel less stressed. It's a different type of high. It's more of like an all over high than versus like smoking pot, which sometimes you just kind of get a cloudy head. Mm-hmm. Um, the stories I hear about edibles are more, uh, often I ate half a brownie. It didn't do anything. So I had two yeah. more. That's the, that's one of the things that they, they even in on most of the edibles that you get. Like I, my, my first attempt was getting mints mm-hmm. that were only like five milligrams each. And I realized I had to get like six of them to yeah. be able to feel anything. So that seemed like a lot of, yeah, mint. your breath was too fresh after too that. Fresh, a little suspiciously fresh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they even put on there, try one, wait an hour. Yeah. Then try another one. Then wait another hour. Like all the packaging is very much, and when you go in, they kind of reinforce that with you at the you know, dispensary or wherever you happen to be. Just because, yeah, I've, I've made that mistake before. Mm-hmm. I've seen people make that mistake before. I, that, when I was first trying to figure out my dosage, at one point I hit one, there's too much. I, I was nappy nap time for a while. Yeah. Um, and I've seen people... You know, again, do the thing where they didn't realize they were pot brownies or didn't realize how strong they were or thought they had a higher tolerance. And suddenly their wives are like leading them away from parties and mm-hmm. girlfriends and things like that. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, I'm an edibles guy. Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird being 42 and having just started being do, dealing with marijuana. Yeah. Because usually you think that's something that you just sort of do now because you did it all your life. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of weird to kind of walk into a place in your 40s and be like, yeah, I'm trying it for the first time, really. I think there's a lot of positive dialogue around uh, marijuana and use in um, moderating your temperament mm. versus getting high. Like if the dialogue around alcohol isn't, I'll have a beer because I want to get drunk. It's, you'll have a beer because you feel like relaxing. Right. Like you're just, it's the end of the day, have a beer. It's been a very functional thing that functional people do for a long time. And I think due to its criminalization and illegality, marijuana is always discussed in terms of it's going to get you high or it's in decades ago, it's it's the gateway drug. Gateway to, drug, to, right. To sure. Stronger things. And I mean, so, I've started doing heroin now. Okay. Oh, but probably. I don't think that has anything <laughs> to do with the pot. No, I, I think that, look, I don't do it and to the point where I'm like incapacitated or anything like yeah. that. I do it to, you know, I eat enough so that I feel... Like you can get behind the wheel of your four-wheel drive and just go careening down Sunset Boulevard. That's my goal, yeah. No, that I feel, like, relaxed. And it's very similar to... It's it's a similar feeling to how I'd feel after a couple of two or three, you know, whiskey and Cokes. Yeah. Except you don't wake up with a horrible hangover at the end of the next morning. That really is... I can't emphasize enough how exciting it is to be able to get stoned and then wake up the next and feel like very similarly or at least somewhat similarly to having had a few drinks mm-hmm. and then wake up in the next morning and you feel fine. You feel fine. Yeah. It's unbelievable. That's pretty amazing. I would, one of the reasons I'm very happy that it's been decriminalized uh, in terms of marijuana sales is I, my commentary to my pot smoker friends back in the day was if you want a gin and tonic, you don't have to go to, over to some guy's apartment in Van Nuys right. and listen to his band and then pet his ferret and hang out with him for an hour before you can get the gin and tonic and leave. <laughs> that was very much the case with marijuana. It's very much like it was, it was very much like an old school throwback to, retro, to uh, prohibition. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just kind of wacky role playing. Yeah, rap, on, rap on the door. What's the password? Swordfish. And then you get to go in. Uh, okay, so I think we are at our halftime and. Uh, it would be kind of you, listeners, to <laughs> um, do us a solid and um, go on to iTunes, go on to SoundCloud, no, go on to Stitcher, go on to iHeartRadio, download, rate, and review past episodes. We'd love it if you did. Uh, <laughs> You're so shameless, <laughs> Jeff. You Potentially, been... it could raise our ranking. In the podcast, would it make us make it move us higher? It would move us higher. That's right. That's oh right. Uh, you guys can do this podcast alone. <laughs> refer us to our friends, um, and you can join us in the conversation out on the social media platforms of Facebook, of Twitter, of Instagram. Let us know what episodes you'd like to see us talk about in the future. We would love to talk about those things, and we also are doing some more videos on. L- Facebook and Instagram. So let us know if you'd like us to tackle a subject specifically on video. Also, we appreciate you supporting podcasts in general. Here's one that we listen to. Need an escape? Vanish into the depths of a magic forest. 
Head out on an interstellar repair mission. Travel back in time to change the future. Explore inside someone or something else. Meet dragons, werewolves, birds, bears, aliens, mermen, and a man with a fishbowl for a head. All in 10 minutes or less every week. Tune in to 600 Second Saga for your weekly science fiction and fantasy escape. We are back. Uh, guys, I gotta go. I'm gonna take a break. There's a friend outside who wants to come in. Oh, hey, everybody. How are you? Which one is this, Richard? It's, it's uh... It's, you oh, guys I, know, I know. It's high. Here, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, wanted to say that after all these years, I thought I would actually inhale, you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you probably remember me saying I, I tried marijuana, but I didn't inhale. Yeah, it was an odd flex for you. Yeah, weird flex Billy. for Billy, Billy C. <laughs> That's right. So has anybody got some 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 dank weed on them? Uh, some of the but don't bun- have anything. I see like- you're, you're eating some spicy chicken nuggets. Would you like one, sir? Yeah, it seems like you got the munchies. Something. Oh my god! Like you know what? Bill Clinton coming in here and stealing your fast food is so on character for him from 1992. I have a candy bar if you'd like one, yeah, Mr. President. Oh, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah where is it? It's a, just a chocolate bar. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Peace out, homies. I got the limo waiting up front. Hillary's waiting on me. Oh, hey, guys. What's up? Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, Jeff. Nice to see you. <laughs> All right. Hey, so good top we... half of the uh, episode so far. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, good, good, good conversation. Good. Oh, I guess we'll start the second part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mount Rushmore of marijuana. And Michael is going to tell us his third. My third is medical marijuana. That's why I asked. Oh. Sure. Because okay. I think that the application of medical marijuana to treating pain and treating trauma and treating some people that have like awful diseases and this is cancers and this is like, there seems to be no setbacks and it seems to really change lives. So I am so super pro medical marijuana. I'm I'm generally pro marijuana full stop. I don't necessarily want to do it. Just not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. If you want to, I'm all for all of that, but medical marijuana Here's how I know it works. Um, my dad recently had knee surgery. He had like partial knee replacement surgery. And he went into the doctors and, you know, he had, he had the surgery, came back all stitched up. It's on all these pain pills. And he, he stopped taking them because he hate, he just hates the feeling of like pain pills. So he kind of refused the doctors, you know, what whatever he was on, he was... He even stopped taking like Tylenol, which oh, was wow. stupid because it's like an anti-blood clotting agent. Of being oh, okay. on Tylenol, yeah, come on. So all of that. So he eventually was taking the Tylenol again. Then his doctor recommended, he's like, you know, you can get a cream that you can rub onto your knee. That you know, is a CBD sort of. Um, I don't know if it's CBD oil, CBD cream. Um, he put it on, and just like with the pain pills, he was like, uh, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> don't like this either. So he rejected the uh, medical marijuana based. But his knee was so high. The same way that he rejected the pain medically pills. treated pain pills, and that's how I know. Oh, it works. It works. It works. It's because oh, okay. my stupid dad has decided that it doesn't do anything for him, or he doesn't like mm-hmm. the feeling, or something. Oh. Um, but no, I think that the inclusion of medical marijuana has really marijuana has really pushed the adoption of marijuana being. Legal. Oh, it's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. It's, it's huge, like played a huge role. The fact that it has had that effect that has helped to decriminalize 
uh, marijuana possession and usage and the selling of it. And it's like, it's such a, that played such an important role in this thing that is going to save people's lives, whether they're in jail, get them out of jail, whether it's something that people, you know, people are still going to smoke weed and get pulled over and go to jail for driving while intoxicated. Yeah. It's just a different sort of version of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. want to endanger anyone's lives, but like the idea of that medical marijuana has, is sweeping the nation, is being legal more and more places, is going to lead to uh, marijuana, I think is, is such an important thing, especially in, you know, our country. Well, you know, the, I, I remember reading a study the other day, came up on my newsfeed, that the biggest growth sort of segment for marijuana, medical or otherwise, is with people 55 and older. Hmm. And right? a lot of that does come from people who have chronic pain, other sort of like illnesses. And I think in terms of what you're saying about the acceptance of it, I yeah, think the it, stigma's broken down. Yeah, I think when grandma is on is 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 you know smoking pot, it's kind of hard for you to then get mad about your teenage or your millennial son. Yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, Richard, your third. All right, my third is the uh, dispensary experience. Oh, it's really fucking overwhelming, you guys. What do they to go in for it? the first time. When, when are they going to go away from dispensary to just pot store or whatever? I don't know. I think it's a legal term. It is? Okay. I feel like that it's okay, probably like... Okay, because they're regulated and... Yeah, because it's all regulated and everything. But a liquor store is just... Yeah, but to get into a liquor store, you don't have to show your ID multiple times oh, along yeah. oh, the way. Oh, you don't? Okay, okay. So I, I, so I mentioned this you know, a couple months ago. It was the first time I decided to try edibles. And I'd never been into a uh, dispensary before. So I, it, it actually took me about a week to get over like my anxiety about going into yeah. the dispensary store. Which, by the way, if you've already, if the reason you're going in is because of anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> this is how fucked up my life is, you guys. Um, and yeah, you, you sort of, it's very intimidating at first. You have to walk in. The one I went to, there was just like a, a lobby that you had, there's like a waiting room, and you had to slide your ID like under like a, uh, like a little like, I don't know whatever the gas station attendants mm-hmm. have. Yeah, um, except it was all blo- it was all like blacked out uh-huh. lights, so you couldn't see what was on the other oh. side. There's like a two way mirror, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, then after they do whatever they have to do with your card to make sure it's okay, and then they buzz you in. Yeah, and then like once you walk in, it's just like a normal store. I didn't know what to expect, but it's just like nice and clean, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. you know they got. You know, people working behind the counter, like, hey, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what are you looking for? You know, your pot, pot tenders, I think they yeah. call them. Okay. Um, who are there to help you, like, figure out what would be good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, it, you know, 10 out of 10 would go back. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. But it, it, once, once you got in, once I got inside, it wasn't intimidating anymore. Uh-huh. Except that they kept rattling off like, well, this one's an Indica and this one's a Satvia and this one's got a little bit more CB. And I don't know what the hell they're right, talking right, about, right? right? Yeah. I was like, which one gets me stoned? Yeah. I'd like that one, please. So I think the approach of almost like a pharmacist meets a sommelier from a, Yes, very a, much so. And you are not at that uh, um, uh, level of decision-making yet. I'm like somebody who just decided that they like wine, went on a wine tasting, yeah, 
to Napa, decided, yeah. okay, I actually like this, mm. and is now going to the wine shop trying to buy a wine, and the guy's like, oh, well, maybe you'll try this. So it's this 94 rated from... It's like, well, bah, 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 bah. these are all words that yeah. don't mean anything to yeah. me. Well, <laughs> when you go to a bar, the unless it is a wine bar or something, they don't they say, what'll it be? There's a big line behind you, and you have to know what you want to order. Right. And it sounds like that individual had an education agenda for you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I yeah. mean, they're... They're selling something. Yeah. Their goal is to make you to find the right thing for you so that you come back to yeah. their dispensary for whatever it is. And I think mm-hmm. if I smoked pot, it would probably be more, I'd probably need to learn more about that side of things. Yeah. But since edibles are just kind of all edibles, yeah, it doesn't really matter too much for me. You know, jumping in on, uh, we talked about your early experiences with marijuana. I smoked pot for the first time when I was eight years old. Oh boy. With my dad. Oh boy! <laughs> Ooh, jackass! <laughs> Sorry, jackast. and it did not do anything. And then I smoked it again a couple of years later with a friend whose mom gave him pot. Like these are the hippie parents that I grew up with. And then and Kansas City was a real cesspool yeah. back in the <laughs> we didn't late much 70s. to do. Uh, and then it wasn't until I was fifteen that I ever got high. I remembered thinking pot isn't doesn't do anything to me. And then from then on, pot did everything to me and immediately debilitated my brain and I couldn't do anything and I just felt like a grinning starved eating munchy fool so there's never been you say that like it's a bad thing no (laughs) well it sounds like you uh had an experience personally and with a pot tender in which you were invited to make marijuana usage something that wasn't about getting obliterated, but giving you Yeah, and I have that, and I, I am the type of person who doesn't want to seem like he doesn't know what he's talking about. I know you guys are shocked by this. <laughs> oh. But uh, you go into a, uh, you go in, you go into a, a, a dispensary and they start spitting these words out at you. I was, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I, yeah, love, I totally get that. I'm like, Yeah, I love their seven inch when it first came out. Oh, yeah, I got, I got the single. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. them back in... Oh, yeah. Uh, I got the maxi single, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. B-side. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my experience. I think the only time I had ever actually successfully gotten high before then was a party in college, and I was pretty drunk by the time I started smoking. And in hindsight, it might have been hash. Oh, okay. So. Uh, all right. Uh, my dad used to smoke when he was done, out of pot. He smoked resin. And I think that's yeah, the you thing can at the that. bottom of your pipe. Yeah, you, you can do that. Kind of, it's fairly yeah. concentrated. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for our final for you, Michael? Uh, my last choice is obnoxious weed culture and the death of it. Uh, listen up, all you weed fans, who I assume are called weedies, the way that Star Trek fans are called Trekkies, yeah. right? They call themselves weedies. What are Star Wars fans called? Uh, Star Warries? No, they don't have. That's an interesting. Yeah, thing. there is no. Fog. But okay, are they trekkies or trekkers? Also, trekkers. I thought it was the new thing. That's the one they want to be called. They're always trekkies, the same way yeah. that weed weed people are weedies. Yeah, uh, your cool counterculture lifestyle now that weed has become legal is over. Richard talked about like being skeevy outside behind the the house. Done. Yeah, yeah. that's no longer skeevy. That's normal. This whole thing of four twenty as a holiday is as lame as uh, May the 4th be with you. It is the same thing. High times is the same thing as wizard 
the guide to comics. <laughs> I think the Venn diagram, by the way, of people who subscribe to both of those is pretty high. Now it is. There's a oh, lot. The crossover. There's no. a lot. There is no difference with you putting up giant posters of like Bob Marley smoking weed yeah. or like the big uh, uh, pot leaf that's like glow in the dark. It is the same thing as me putting up Todd McFarlane, Spawn, and Spider-Man uh, <laughs> posters. It is the same. Now that weed is so prevalent, yeah. it is the same as being of... And those people that are huge fans of it, that love looking at pictures of dank buds, it's mm. the same as me looking for spoilers for uh, Star Wars mm. or for Harry and the Harry Potter mm. or for you fill in the blank, Game of Thrones. We talk, I talked about that a lot, how... Game of Thrones is like this thing that used to be probably really cool. It's no longer cool to be like, I'm into Game of Thrones because everybody is. Yeah. Weed, you are going along the same path. You are going to be as boring and normalized <laughs> as anything else, as this other cool counterculture thing. Yeah. I'm glad it's it's done with because it, I well, find it obnoxious. A cocktail... There's kind of a cocktail culture resurgence of cocktail culture. Uh, sure. Teenagers that first go into college... I don't think they're putting up pictures of glasses of bourbon. Mm-hmm. Huh. Maybe they are. Maybe it's just Budweiser pictures. Yeah, I think it's a lot of that. Maybe, maybe it'll become... I understand what you're saying. It seems like... I I don't think you're making a judgment on it, but I think what you are saying, maybe that since uh, the outlaw aspect yes. of marijuana consumption has been eliminated, yes, then it is no longer I political. Would, I would say also that... I, I would think my argument is that it is just another fandom. Okay. Like weed fandom culture is, yeah. is it's just another thing that you're into. If you're really into the NFL and fantasy football, God, you're just a dork for the NFL yeah. and fantasy football. Well, if you're really into comic books or Star Wars or whatever, it's all the same. You're just really into pot culture the way that people are into another thing. And now that it's being decriminalized and legalized... Uh, it's getting less and less dark mm-hmm. and edgy and yeah. cool. It's just like, ah, right. Okay, was your girlfriend stolen by the hacky sack plan guy with the Rasta head gear? No, no, no. Was your girlfriend stolen by the guy with the dreads who smelled like weed? No, I don't believe so. Okay, first year of college, uh, I went... Oh, my girlfriend that was stolen by the... Yes, my, my first girlfriend was stolen by this weird... Skeevy guy. Oh, he was? Okay. No, I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> the, there's always a drug dealer, bro, like the Brett Ratner equivalent, either uh-huh. he wasn't. He was a ticket dealer. Um, my first year of college, uh, all my friends abandoned me. I went to the state college, um, and so I had all these friends uh, who went to the same college, but they all joined fraternities, so they no longer talked to me because I lived in the art storm. And the kid who was the nerdiest kid in our school was also in my art storm on the same floor... I would. I was always cool with him. We were on the high school radio station, but he was not going to be the first dude that I hung out with him because he was just the literal thick pop bottle glasses wearing skinny nerd. He became the dorm weed dealer. Yeah. And suddenly became the most popular person <laughs> ever. And I could not get an audience of one minute with this dude. He, he ascended into the heights of popularity and there was a line out the door to talk to this kid. And I was always envious of that fact because his mastery of pot culture had given him so much social uh, cachet that that he he I was drubbed I was drubbed me and my finger guns and my frat bro kind of comedy did not fare well. Uh, okay, Richard, 
All right, so you mentioned the Bob Marley posters. Yeah. This is specifically on my list as Bob Marley posters. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Also known as the undeniable sign that you are in a college dorm room of someone who smokes pot. <laughs> right? Like when you were in college, especially like freshman year, and you were kind of getting to know people around your dorm, mm-hmm. you know, kind of hanging out for the first time. Yeah. And you went into that dorm and you saw that one poster of Bob Marley, you know, sparking up a big fat doobie. You knew that A, this person at least smokes pot. Right. B, may be the pot dealer for the dorm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and look, I have, here's the thing. <laughs> you go into their, you go into their dorm room and you realize that uh, it's usually a double, Right. Oftentimes, yes. in most most mm-hmm. dorms, yeah. uh, they have hiked their bed up, so it's like the you know second level or it's near on, the they, ceiling. They got the top bunk. Yeah, they've got the top bunk. Uh, they have partitioned off the top bunk with uh, red, uh, yellow, and black and green <laughs> um, draperies. Yeah, off and of those um, type things. <laughs> no, just like a like you know maybe Jamaican flag. There is, we go. Is somehow, you yeah. know, draped around it in a way that, like, they barely come out of that top bunk except to, like, you don't even know if they're there half the time, mm-hmm. but they're up there. Yeah. <laughs> they're always up there. I, is this the guy you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the guy. And he, His name was Paul in my dorm room. Oh, was he? Oh, yes. Mine was Mike. <laughs> um, and here's the, here's the deal. I, it's not that I don't like Bob Marley. Bob Marley is a musical genius. Like, this is almost not yeah. debatable. Yeah. What I don't like is every 18-year-old who is a stoner and thinks they're the first white person that ever bought Legend. Yeah. Right? And now they think they've uncracked some sort of deep secret, and they're, like, part of the movement, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Those people I hate. Yeah. It's the people who are, who for whom, to your point, Michael, pot has become a lifestyle. It's no longer just, I like to smoke pot. Yeah. And that that just irritates the hell out of me. Yeah, because that's not it's not a lifestyle. It's just something that you do. A good you know, way- if, if it was alcohol, and you said you know alcohol is kind of my lifestyle. You know, you would be an alcoholic. <laughs> that's what you would be. A good way to judge someone right away is to look at their dorm room posters. And if you have like the uh, Three Stooges poster of them yeah. like golfing with friends, <laughs> write them off right away as well. Uh, you, I would love. I would love to walk around a college <laughs> and just go through and just be like, "There's a Klimt. There's a Klimt. Uh, yep. There's a There's a Munch. There's a Klimt. There's a Munch." Do you think there's uh, these posters are even around anymore? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because college kids want to class up their dorm room. No, I mean it's come on. They can't be these old old. old Ass posters that we're talking about. It's got to be at least no, no. no. It's the same poster. It's the same poster. I I can guarantee you. There's also there's there is a Scarface poster and also uh, let's say a poster of the gray alien. That's a black light poster. These things do not. These are universal. Wow. These are universal college dorm room starter packs. The girl posters are one of those Robert Dosino things where it's a French guy kissing a woman. Or it's like the piano. It's, it's like with Richard a rose said. It's the Gustav. It's the Gustav Klimt. Okay. Uh, it draped in gold. Man yeah. kissing woman. If she plays an instrument, so it's, it's, very... a, it's a piano or it's a ballet thing. Or what did you like guys that. have up in your dorm rooms? Just now that we're totally going off. Oh, topic. I've showed pictures. I was the huge dork. I had literally Spider Man, multiple Spider Man posters, a big Star Wars Darth Vader, <laughs> Episode One poster of of the little boy Anakin casting the Darth Vader oh, God, shadow. Really? Oh, I got that uh, when I went to see like an early screening of 
Like I was a huge posters on the ceilings of like after the movie. After no, it didn't come out till ninety nine. But I had that poster in ninety seven when I started college. I was an awful dork. I had uh, Liquid Sky. For some reason, I got that film poster, and it every night had a nightmare about that poster. <laughs> it's so much of a projection of who you are. Your totally dorm room. Poster. I had a James Dean poster that sometimes I would. It was just basically him in black and white, but it was almost human size. And if I would like accidentally drape my pants or a shirt near it, I would wake up in the middle of the night and think oh, there was a person <laughs> looking at me in the room. I had uh, the Sugar uh, album cover for oh, really? Easter. Oh, wow. Which was the EP that came out after Copper Blue. Okay. Which is basically a bunch of rope with like what appears to be dried pool, dried pools of blood around it. Okay. I had that up in our, I didn't have anything up in my freshman year dorm room, but our sophomore year apartment, I had that up until Sarah angrily forced me to take it down. Okay. She's put her foot down very few times in our life. Mm. That was one of the times where that thing just had to come down. The Bob Marley poster was often um, mirrored by his uh, counterpart in the aspirational uh, uh, masculine category of the um, of the uh, Jim Morrison poster. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that looks like uh, uh, we've just cashed out this uh, this uh, one one hitter here. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. The bong dried up. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, I'm going to go down and mention who I think should get some points here. Cheech and Chong, we both mentioned it. Did you know Stripes, the film, was written for Cheech and Chong? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I will go... There's going to be a little bit of a, a, a rant here, because I think even though Richard is participating in the kind, in the culture of the kind, um, Michael, I got to I gotta hand it to you for a guy who's kind of uh, a view from afar from the marijuana world. Um, I take it all in. You did share Except, uh, Squaresville, any- USA, over here. That's right. You did share some unpopular opinions too. <laughs> uh, innovative consumption. Way to way to stick it to those guys who are smoking weed the way they want to smoke it. Take that. Um, and you know what? I do think, despite the fact that you do observe um, the idiosyncratic way that some people consume marijuana, knowing that others are consuming it as a medicine for very pop- positive ways. So that's pretty great. Um, and then I think we both get points for obnoxious weed culture because that's kind of the same. Thing. Yeah, I think it falls in the same bailiwick. Yeah, yeah. If you will. Uh, so, got. Oh, shit, guys. I think. Do you hear something? I think. Is that the cops? Shh, keep it down, guys. Fuck. Did we put the towel? Is the towel under the, the door? Okay. The TA's uh, coming. The TA. The, 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 the transit resident, authority? <laughs> the resident hall advisor, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> this has been the Mount Rushmore uh, podcast. I'm always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Hey guys, it's in here. Hey, They're smoking no. weed in here. Hey, oh, narc. Oh, narc. <laughs> <laughs>